The His Girl Friday podcast is brought to you in part by Messenger Fellowship, living the kingdom, fulfilling the call, proclaiming the truth. How's it going, guys? This is yours, truly, Cameron Fry with His Girl Friday coming at you on a Saturday night, Saturday night live edition. You know, it's been a while, not going to lie, it's been a long while since I've posted a pod and cut some audio, and there's a reason for that, a pretty profound reason. As some of you may know, our youngest Jubilee Fry went home to be with the Lord on September 18th, and I'll be honest, content's been the last thing on my mind. I've, I've written a couple pieces and probably, I think, two blogs have gone up in the time since Jubilee's passed away, maybe just one, maybe two since the start of September 1. But I'm not here to recount the her last days. Listen, I still hope to unpack her life in greater detail. She lived 300 and I believe 93 days, uh, 13 months long. What a fight. What a literal year of Jubilee it was. And certainly the the need to process with pen in hand, that hasn't been an issue. But I think just finding time to just sit down and process my thoughts in this way, this avenue, this outlet, uh, it's kind of been low on the priority list for me. So, But now I'm kind of getting back into new rhythms, new routines, and wanting to kind of merge blog and pod together more frequently. And I'm already looking at 2023 as a year that we hit the ground running. Uh, just because the last, I would say, third of 2021 and the first two-thirds, three-quarters of this year, very dominant by family and health and Nick Hugh life and this new, you know, all the changes and the chaos and the, you know, a lot of turbulence. Uh, so, and tonight we are going to talk about how should we suffer, and that is going to be an angle we focus on here, His Girl Friday, moving forward. I know that we started the year, we, we examined the healings of Jesus, the intentionality of why Jesus healed at times, and other times he would press on and carry on. He knew exactly what he needed to do, but he was very present at the same time. And he always had, again, that next move in mind. He always had the next in mind, but always, uh, you know, there was a method to the madness, so to speak. Um, when you look at not just who he healed, but why he healed them the way he healed them and the testimony that would come from that. So that's kind of how the year started. But now we're talking about suffering and for good reason. Listen, I have been in that place of just incredible disappointment and heartache. I know it doesn't sound like that, but... We have been processing out loud together and trying to nurture and uplift one another. And certainly we know we can't do that. It's not our responsibility, really. I think it's good to keep communication channels open and dialogue through the pain, the anxiety, the anguish, you know, the frustrations past and present. And we're there's a peace that transcends all understanding. Where listen, I know that we're not just doing the best we can, but we are heading on the right track. We are looking for a grief counselor, for instance, and not being shy about um, putting our need for help out there. 
And uh, we also know that even though we stayed uh, tied and true throughout the Juby journey, we were probably in a separate counselor for marriage counseling just because, you know, suddenly we're coming up on the 10-year mark and the last year and a half almost um, dominated by, you know, unprecedented turmoil. I mean, we're kind of in uncharted territory mode and we're trying to, you know, parts of our heart feel shattered and we're trying to pick up the pieces but we also know that God was not detached, like he ordained the Juby narrative. And uh, we're going to talk about how we should suffer. That's really the question on my mind tonight. I've been buying a few books, uh, adding books to my bookshelves in a quest to answer the timeless question, why do we suffer? And yet as I read more, absorb more, Daniel Carrington and Philip Yancey, the uh, top two on my list right now, I really think we should consider or reconsider the inquiry is how should we suffer and the reason I say that is because suffering is a kingdom in and of itself. It's a divine calling. It's not something that we should avoid but embrace. It's the ultimate resilience guide to discovering God. So how we endure merits discussion. In fact, that's one of Philip Yancey's key concepts. God, you know, through Adam and Eve, you know, we look at a world without suffering and God and man chose against God. We have proven that with we need suffering to choose God. And that's a hard thing to grasp because we want the human condition is to want to be able to choose and we don't want the pain and suffering that goes along with that free will, but God loves us so much that he gives us that free will and he, you know, you know, the gift of himself at the core of it all, let's not forget that. But suffering is a necessity. Grief is a necessity. It's not supposed to be everyday dominant, but there's a, you know, if you're, if you're warring through disappointment, bitter disappointment, discouragement, suffering has a lot of different facets. It looks a lot of different ways. Perhaps you're like me looking to mature through past and present challenges, unique circumstances, hoping to think outward as opposed to inward. Yet another Yancey concept. Either way, as we near the home stretch of the year, suddenly it's November and we have a few months left and 2023 is going to be in our vernacular. Pretty, pretty crazy. These are the musings of yours truly. The emotional evolution of one still processing the passing of his youngest uh, dear Jubilee still doesn't feel completely real that she's gone. And part of that's because we there were stretches where she was on paralytic reset. She went a couple weeks and there was no visual, no contact of any kind. So and now it's been six weeks. And kind of on a side note, the the letters and artwork, the prophetic paintings even, <laughs> there's been a lot coming in. So thanks again to everyone who's been ministering to our hearts of late, expressing gratitude and love and encouragement through very creative endeavors and expressions. Now, much has started to calibrate since my last post, and there have been some returns to norm, which is typical. Um, certainly don't say that in a take credit kind of way. We're just having to adapt back to rhythms that go back to early 21, 
I mean, there that the year of Jubilee was the most beautiful year of disruption I'll probably ever know. And you eventually have to come back again. But you're never the same. So it's really it's really a new book. It's not you're going back to a, a former chapter and restarting. You're going back to a different starting point and picking back where you left off. It's really not. You're really just at a completely different level. And we've sensed that. And you know, one of the things that we did in October, listen and I, we binge watched Lord of the Rings. All three, I think, put it together, you get between nine and ten hours of content. The Peter Jackson Chronicles, uh, 2001, 2003. So Fellowship of the Ring all the way to Return of the King. And then um, we transitioned into Lord of Rings, The Rings of Power, which is a TV series, I believe, that came out earlier this year. And watched season one and, you know, enjoyed that. Doesn't have the same charm as the original, but in a way... There were several scenes in Lord of the Rings that hit close to home. And the end of Return of the King, you know, I got a little misty-eyed, to be honest. Because, you know, listen, we feel like Mary Pippin, Sam, and Frodo returning to the Shire from Mordor. You're sitting in that tavern. You're raising your glass. You're cheering each other without the words. And you're just gazing and just realizing, wow, we are not the same. We are back to what is familiar, but we are not the same And those gazes between Liz and I, we know how to communicate in silence. We know how to communicate with our hearts crying out together as well. But we, that's just where we, that's where we're at and what we feel like, to use a metaphor. Remember what Frodo said when he returned to Bag End right after that tavern scene? He said, how do you pick up the threads of an old life? How do you go on when in your heart you begin to understand there's no going back? There are some things that time cannot mend, some hurts that go too deep that have taken hold. Now, we know, especially if you're a believer, you're saved, you've walked with the Lord, you know that we don't have to be a slave to our fear. And we could ask the question, what then can untake that hold? Frodo was working on a book for years. By the time he sets on that ship with the elves, with Bilbo, it had been a couple of years, and you feel like he hasn't moved or hasn't emotionally healed or is just, you kind of feel a little hopeless, uh, like he's permanently scarred there. It's okay for there to be permanent scars. I just feel like he was a bit, he just had to relocate at that point. But that's kind of a question I'm asking. What then can untake that hold? How then should the heart resound if not through soundless bites that in hardship can be the most beautiful expression of vulnerability? Still searching for answers. Pending. But the line resonates nonetheless, and it's a heart prick that has compelled me to relish the truth. And if you don't get anything out of this, hear this. The author and perfecter of your faith is the same author and perfecter of your pain who ordained it from the beginning of time as a means for you to choose him. And this goes back to, you know, God certainly knows all outcomes. And it's an interesting thought. Uh, I, I really don't see how man could have gone so long without rebelling against God, without there being adversity. Like we were, 
born for it. Uh, our will too strong. It's just we we hadn't been there from the beginning. Anything God could have created would have been from a set point, not from the beginning. And chances are that finite, that weakness would have caught up. We need that model. We need the Trinity as a reference point. And so it's kind of a weird thing, the theology of suffering. I'm just getting back into it. But I do know that even though God doesn't just delight in dishing out pain, he doesn't, he uses our pain and suffering for sure. Certainly it's our weakness that precipitated, it's our sin, it's our fallenness that precipitated the heartaches that we endure. But he certainly uses them and he is over it all. He is sovereign through it all. And ordained as a means to choose him. Yeah, I believe that. I believe God knew we would be at this point here in 2022. And whatever the, you know, whatever chaos and confusions we find ourselves in, you know, dare to see them as valuable, enduring checkpoints, catalysts that propel you to ask yourself, like, where is God in this? God, where are you? I need you. And suddenly you're praying and you're crying out and you're declaring who he is. And it's, you're in those moments of vulnerable worship. So like any day I'm alive, I'm taking hold of it as one made in his image. Like any hour I'm awake, I'm taking hold of it to press into his likeness. Just because my heart is healing doesn't mean I can't partake in divine remedy. The sweetness of God's Emmanuel God with his presence and the power of his strength piercing the darkness. Joy and sadness, they're not, there's not an or in between, it's an and. And a lot of times we, you know, and that's just where listen I add. Like we could be happy and sad at the same time and we're learning that's okay. We don't have to try and steer out of, like purge ourselves of the misery and the depression because we know we can't possibly do that. It may take years. It may take a long time to fully, quote, recover But gratitude certainly is a friendly detour in this. When I'm tempted to retreat, I remember the out I have to retreat into Jesus. Thanksgiving intact, and now suddenly we're only three weeks away from the holiday. So. From there, I was springboarding the dichotomy between the questions I presented earlier in this pod, the difference between why do we suffer and how should we suffer. In purest form is the asker of the latter, knowing he is loved by God, is willing to trust in his purposes, no matter how he feels, even if he thinks he's been abandoned or neglected. Just being unshaken in the, you are still God and Lord over whatever I'm going through. Whatever I experience in this life can't possibly come close to surpassing your greatness. The fact that you are true, that you're perfect, that you know all things and are Sovereign, you are a God of love. That love hasn't left. In fact, it's love that gives us opportunities to grow. And where would, how would we grow without there being conflict, right? It is unfathomable love wrapped in mystery, orchestrating the narrative of triumph and perspective rising from the depths from this man and from the person who decides to deflect and stiff arm the wise and instead go, God, I feel like I'm meant to suffer. How should I suffer? How do you intend me to specifically suffer in this season? And I suffer into you as Job light. <laughs> I suffer into you and dare not question 
that you are still there with me. You may be distant at times, it may, or rather, you may not answer me right away, but even in that, like you're giving me opportunities to be still and discover you and pursue you just as you pursue me every day. Like, listen, I have late, you may feel like Frodo, called into adventures beyond your understanding, wishing the rings of adversity, be it disappointment or grief, hadn't come to you. Yet in those Moria moments, remember that's when the spirit finds and refreshes us, as Gandalf did to Frodo. Remember what he said? This is like around the time that, uh, in, the, in the movie when he, he tells Frodo, Bilbo's pity may rue the fate of men. And then he says that Gandalf may have a, uh, sorry, uh, Smeagol, Gan- uh, sorry, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, not Smeagol, but Smeagol became Gollum. Thank you. <laughs> he was saying how Gollum may have a part to play and he's referencing his heart, not how, you know, he's not basing it off of fact or an ideology, but he's going off his heart that, you know, Gollum would have a part to play in the narrative and the restoration of men and saying how Frodo shouldn't be so quick to cast judgment and death. Love it. Now we know the line of all lines in that scene. So do all who live such times for that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. And he's responding to Frodo saying, I wish the ring hadn't come to me. Another line that resonates. Thank you, Tolkien. Wizard. Sure, the year of Jubilee may be over, but as her name implies, the happy ever afters are only beginning. Accordingly, based on everything I've just said up until this point, we celebrate our precious daughter. Hebrew 12 1 style. For those of you who don't have your Bibles pulled up, Hebrews 12 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race set before us. Such a good verse, a new reminder. Certainly inspiring for me to consider that Juby is a part of that cloud of witnesses now. And she's co-inspiration stirring us to lay aside those weights. We feel them. But we could see that even as an expressive gratitude and worship. And see, and even, well, maybe not literally here, but just knowing that Juby's voice is an echo to the master urging us to run our race with endurance. It's part of that visual of Juby's now the thumbnail for any perseverance we show in this life. Not the, not the reason for it. We're not going to give Juby so much credit, elevate her to the point of God, but just know that she is a reflection of that. She can be the thumbnail. It's okay for that to be true. Knowing that God, it's really... The strength comes from God. But boy, did he give strength and abundance to Juby during her 393 days on earth. Her fight, you saw God in that for sure. Now, as for you, my friends, whatever your mission is, know to be overwhelmed is only human. And sometimes, even often, the evidence of doing something right. Why not then go back to Hebrews 12 Add verse 2 to verse 1, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 
and some Romans eight twenty eight and Galatians six nine for that matter. As we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose, Galatians six nine. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And I feel very far away from giving up. I'm proud to say, not bad pride, but Christ in me. I feel encouraged. I feel like He's keeping me drawn to him i feel like he's giving me strength in the short term i don't feel so much at the end of my rope anymore but i'm starting like i'm not far from it but also i'm climbing up like i now have newfound strength to climb up this rope that i was at the end of for so long why not faint not someone make that a hashtag knowing god works all things and putting our sufferings for good and makes things new as words trustworthy and true Revelation 21, one of the bookends of the Bible. There you go. You don't have to bear the weight of deciphering your circumstances. Rather, you can bear each other's burdens, delighting in the fact God has you going somewhere. Which is why, by the way, Sam is the real MVP of Lord of the Rings. That's just my opinion. Sam is the epitome of bearing burdens, others' burdens, in that episode. That's why so many people are drawn to him. And Mary and Pippin play their part, but more is comic relief. Sam really is the MVP. Even if loss is incurred along the way, remember, nothing can separate you from God's love and the victory he has in store for you. At the very least, take it from Jubilee. Her life was a gift, but even more so her legacy. What keeps her spirit alive is the same spirit who in whispers, number one, reminds you he's there for you because he's been there. Another hashtag, he's there because he's been there. And number two, ignites you to see how discovering God through perseverance is the best way to journey through suffering. You cannot possibly journey through it without endurance and perseverance working together with hope to produce character. There's Romans 5 again. I love this part, this, this quote from Yancey. As we rely on God and trust his spirit to mold us in his image, true hope takes shape within us. A hope that does not disappoint we can literally become better persons because of suffering. Pain, however meaningless it may seem at the time, and we certainly know this, there's nothing meaningless about what we're going through, can be transformed. Pain can be transformed. Where is God when it hurts? He is in us, not in the things that hurt, helping to transform bad into good. Let me repeat that. He is in us, not in the things that hurt, helping to transform bad into good. We could safely say that God can bring good out of evil, we cannot say that God brings about the evil in hopes of producing good. And there's a difference. So, and that's all I got for today. This is, I'm not sure what this post, this post may be a one-off, it may be an intro part one, who knows. The Miracle in the Making series is over and it was punctuated by that letter. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to read it. When you, if, if you're, if you could see my Facebook, Cameron J. Fry, uh, you'll notice at the very top it's pinned, so you could read the letter that way if you didn't want to go to the website. But certainly in the midst of processing and want to start something fresh, but uh, you know, eventually um, you know, there will be new streams of content in 2023, I'm convinced. But certainly want to, just because Jubilee is no longer with us, uh, I certainly want, and this is not even an endeavor to, preserve her memory it's just that i am in this place of wrestling but with eager expectation it's not i am not as heavy as i may sound 
I feel like I'm more buoyant. I'm surprisingly more buoyant. I've been surprised with that. Um, now, this is a different place where different points and depths in the processing period, but um, certainly I want to integrate her voice more into these, but certainly using what we've experienced the past year and a half as co-inspiration for any content that we produce in the next couple of months. So anyway, thank you for listening, guys. I pray blessing on your week. Lord, will you transform our minds and our hearts and shape and mold, just like Yancey was saying. Will you mold us more into your likeness, our thoughts, um, into your ways, to your higher form. And may we become more mature through suffering the way you intended it for us. We thank you for hardships and conflicts as they remind us that you are with us and that you're not only with us passively, but actively chiseling at our hearts, working on us, refining us, sharpening us in ways that only you can sharpen us and uh, make us more sensitive to the leading of your Holy Spirit. Speak to our hearts, um, provide it, help us to be content in what you provide, even if there's a delay. <laughs> I think someone out there needed to hear that. Help us not be discouraged by doing good, by waiting on you. Help us not be insecure uh, by being vulnerable with you and coming to you and help us not be afraid of intimacy. I think someone else needed to hear that too. Uh, if there's a fear of intimacy with you in this season, we lay down our guard and just ask that you invade our space all for the sake because we know that being more like you is at the end of the day what, what we want to be like. We want to be more like you despite what we're going through. We don't want to elevate our circumstances and if there's any pride in our hearts of idolizing our circumstances you know our ability to conquer them we lay down our strength to embrace our weakness to in turn embrace your strength in return so we keep you all the glory and praise as we leave this place amen all right guys as i always say i'll catch you on the fry have a great week peace